2: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, I tell you guys I love you, I mean it, from the bottom of my heart, I will ride with this group until they
0: don't play anymore. Hey, Who's still riding? Show of hands. You in the
1: audience. Judd Declan, are you still riding with the Vikings? You're still on board. Well, you know what, though? Again, for what? Is this the second time in three weeks or second time in a month? That the Vikings had uh, a difficult-to-accept loss, and like the rest of the conference helps them just falls in line. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, The the Packers, and by the way, we have
0: Packer Ventline for you on today's episode of Purple Daily, and it is like... Glorious. There's a couple good clips. You know, the standard is there's going to be some funny clips, but we have the holy grail of all Packer Ventline clips on the show today. And the Bears had a... Didn't the Bears have a 10-point lead in the second half? Joe Flacco was throwing interceptions. Yep. Yeah,
1: man. the yeah, Bears choked that game away.
0: And so. I mentioned the Bears because the Bears technically yet they weren't they five wins coming in. Like the Bears were kind of creeping back into that wild card hunt too. But yeah, you had all a bunch of teams that the Viking the Vikings are still sitting in the same seed as they were.
1: Just going to say they're still in the six seed. <laughs> six seed teams are like no 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 okay. we'll no Vikings we'll help you out <laughs> we'll take care of this for you don't worry about it
0: we got you covered I know you guys I see you guys try to tank a little sneaky <laughs> December tank right there tried to. You tried to do it against the Raiders by not scoring, and then the Raiders are the Raiders until they scored 63 a couple nights uh, later. But okay, we're going to start here in a second with, there's been a lot of Kevin O'Connell chatter here that we're going to address, but a shout out to our friends over at Sound Story to start the show here. For all of you gift procrastinators, it is December 18th. Maybe it snuck up on you. You're looking at your calendar. Oh my gosh. Oh, now I can't even go online because it's not going to, my, my gift isn't going to ship fast enough, right? Well, this is where Sound Story comes in. This could actually be the best holiday gift you've purchased for someone or for your family. Think of Sound Story like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life mom, dad, grandfather, whatever it is. I've told you guys, I never met one of my grandfathers. He died 15 years before I was born. He fought in World War II, he played football at Notre Dame. He has this incredible life story. I don't know what his voice sounds like. If Sound Story existed, I don't know, back in like the 60s, um, maybe we could have captured some of these stories. So starting at just three ninety nine, dollars 99 MySoundStory.com, you can get 10% off a gift card by using the promo code PURPLE. MySoundStory.com, enter the promo code PURPLE. When you go to the Minneapolis section, for instance, I am one of the interviewers that could sit down. I'd love to sit down with whoever it is in your family And capture those stories so that you have them in video, audio form, studio-quality conversation for you and your family. MySoundStory.com. Enter the promo code PURPLE. Okay, boys. There is a groundswell sleeper cell. I'm trying to decide, like, what is the name for the group of people that are mostly loud and angry on the Internet? But we we had a bunch of people on Ventline on Saturday come in. And at at the very least, question Kevin O'Connell's ability as a head coach. But then, like, multiple people taking it as far as he should be fired as head coach of the Vikings for some of the things that we've seen here right. over the past couple of weeks. Let's start there, okay? There, this is the first time. I, I didn't hear any of this chatter, certainly. They lost a devastating playoff game last year. Nobody after 13 wins was like, fire his ass, right? And even when they started slow at 4-4, four and four, the biggest problem was turnovers. Kirk Cousins was playing his ass off. They go in. They're leading against Green Bay. Kirk gets hurt. Like, to me, there was criticism, but this chatter of fire Kevin O'Connell, it's picked up during these backup quarterback games. I'm not saying there's not things to criticize, but I find the notion that Kevin O'Connell should be fired or anywhere near a hot seat patently absurd. And I think we should open up for discussion here. We're curious what you guys think.
1: Well, I think it's uh, um, a multi-layered discussion of circumstances. And just to start off with, I, I agree completely. And he is not like there is no hot seat. He is not in any trouble. He is not. There's nobody is thinking internally in a in the real world of well, this might be it. But here's the discussion. I think in some people's minds who think that he should be. I think it goes to two things. I think there's still PTSD from Childress in 2006 when he was the first year coach at the time, not second year. And Mike Tomlin was clearly good. We didn't know how good, but he was a good DC. And, uh, you know, in 2007, Tomlin takes the Steelers job. Childress stays here. Childress has faults. Tomlin is still in Pittsburgh and has, despite the Steelers shortcomings, proven to be a really, really good coach. And I think what's what's picked it up here is the fact that Brian Flores has done such a a good, good job. If it makes sense, Kevin O'Connell, while he was criticized for hiring Donatel in people's minds, especially those who are trying to pull the plug on O'Connell right now, they didn't see that necessarily as a fireable, you know, like let's fire him for this l- lousy DC. Their thought was let's just replace the DC. But you guys know, whenever you get a coordinator who's considered to be. Good, who does a great job. And until the fourth quarter on Saturday, Brian Flores qualified. Um, I think that's where the conversation, where the thought process is well, you can't let Flores go. Like, if you got to keep Flores, you got to do whatever you can. And O'Connell's not doing a great job right now. So he should be fired. It is ridiculous. It's an absolute, and it's a non starter. Like, there is nobody in their right mind from the Wilfs to the front office. There is nobody saying, you know, we really like Brian Flores, and these backup quarterbacks aren't achieving what we expected, so Kevin should be fired. So it's a conversation that is uh, ideal for X or Twitter, um, ideal for social media, but it is a conversation that is nothing more than a, a free—I I call it a lunatic fringe of Vikings fans— who are far 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 um too enamored with how can we keep Flores and aren't looking at what O'Connell really has had to go through which is his starting quarterback was lost right. in Green Bay
0: but on the Flores front too and le- and I do think there's more of a legitimate conversation about hey both these guys have really interesting resumes like I'm not firing Kevin O'Connell and replacing him with Brian Flores cuz I there's like that's such an overemotional reactionary thing to do but it's at least a discussion about resumes. Okay, one guy's one guy did a pretty good job in the face of some adverse circumstances as a head coach in Miami, and then his coordinator resume here has been brilliant this year. He had a lot of a lot of hand in some other defensive successes too. Like comparing those two resumes and trying to figure out well, the PTSD goes back to the '90s too because Denny Green was the offensive minded head coach for the Vikings. Tony Dungy was the defensive yep. coordinator in the mid '90s. Some really good defenses. He goes on to be the, the coach that goes to to win a Super Bowl with the Colt and did a good job with Tampa, too. Couldn't quite get them over the hump to win a Super Bowl. But, like, is this what you want, though, is a guy comes in, wins 20 of his first 30 games as head coach, and because the third string and fourth string quarterbacks looked weird and maybe there were some bad play calls, that we can't separate critiquing some things that we think should be different from fire his ass and put, like, Are we really sure about Flores as a head coach, too? With some of the stuff coming out, the way that Tua was treated,
1: we don't. He's not a surefire bet to be Mike Tomlin. We're just projecting that. Now, where I'll point the finger at us a little bit, though, is like we've because because we do uh, produce content every single day. Like we have sort of joked at times about Flores, or you know, if you can keep so. But I mean, nobody's really serious about that. But I think that loss to the Bengals was just such a difficult loss to, to take. I wonder if if you re- polled those people today from Saturday, how many of them would still be like O'Connell should be fired. I After I like got a cool, think,
0: a cooling off period. I got to think
1: it went down some. But but it, look, these conversations are fun and I get it and Flores does deserve a ton of credit, but um it is it is a complete non-starter there's as much of a chance of kevin o'connell being fired as coach of the vikings as joshua dobbs starting in week one of 2024
0: uh, unless dex wants to put him on the, the the monday you're fired segment right now no he's not <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise turn here
3: no no surprise no, no no double turn no double turn happening here um I, I think my my biggest issue and i don't know how many vikings fans identify with this but the issue that I have with Kevin O'Connell is you see other young head coaches that have stepped into similar situations and made better of it. So what I mean by that is Mike McDaniel steps into Miami. Tua has this lost year with Brian Flores as head coach the year before. Says he throws the most prettiest, most catchable deep ball in the entire NFL. Everyone was like, what? What are you talking about? And then Tyree Kill comes in and Jalen Waddell comes in and when Tua's healthy, throwing really good deep balls, right? You're seeing it with San Francisco that, Brock Purdy steps in, last pick, great offense, is able to work with that. You see that with Zach Taylor and Jake Browning, for God's sakes, who are 3-0 right now, basically with Jake Browning as their starting quarterback, right? So you're seeing other offensive-minded head coach having to deal with not the exact same situation of your starting quarterback tearing his Achilles in Green Bay. But my point is, you've seen other head coaches take infrastructure that's a little shaky and prop it up. Now, 30,000-foot view, winning 20 of your first 30 games? I think you've done a pretty dang good job. But there are warts in his play calling. There are warts in some other things that people, I think, look at those other teams and situations, and they say, why can't that be the Vikings with Kevin O'Connell?
0: But the Mike McDaniel thing, okay, I'm going to poke at that because you're not the only one saying that. Well, look at what Mike McDaniel's doing. First of all, Tua was one of the top-drafted quarterbacks. There's a huge difference. Like, If you give Kevin O'Connell Kirk Cousins, who's one of the 12 best quarterbacks in the world, he's 17-8. and That's awesome. Like that's one of the best winning percentages, if not the best, the last couple of years. The 2021 Dolphins under Brian Flores had no Jalen. Well, they had Jalen Waddle. He was a rookie, right? He he did catch 100 passes, but they didn't have Tyree Kill running around, unstoppable. They didn't they? Didn't have the speed that they have at the skill position players. So like, Tua was going to look better with now, Mike McDaniel's done a good job. But Tua was going to look better with pretty much anybody that came in with those added weapons. Like if you, if you start to look at Kevin O'Connell's resume, so he's 20 and 11 in the regular season, which right on his face, let's just stop there. Like, let's, let's go no further on the resume. Kevin O'Connell is 20 and 11 as an NFL head coach in his first 31 regular season games. Hot seat. We're going to, we're going to like, what kind of mental gymnastics would you have to do to fire or put a guy in a hot seat? That's won two out of every three games, of the first couple of years, if we stop there, He's 3-3 and with backup quarterbacks the last month and a half, and that's where the the chatter has started, which means he's 17-8 and when having a professional, relatively high-end starting quarterback in Kirk Cousins. And so I was kind of curious, before the show started here, boy, we get all passionate. I hear other fan bases, too, like, as you'll hear in some of these clips, you know, Packer fans questioning Matt LaFleur. Well, it's funny, like, Packer fans want Matt LaFleur fired now that he's got young quarterback, and they're kind of trying to find their way after Aaron Rodgers. Well, Matt LaFleur had one of the best records in the league with Aaron Rodgers. So if you just take NFL head coaches in their current spots right now, their current teams, current situations, here are the best records percentage-wise. Andy Reid is number one. Now, Andy Mm -hmm. Reid has done a great job, even with Alex Smith, but that record has spiked because he has the greatest quarterback in NFL history, Patrick Mahomes. And he's done a good job also. There's, like, coach-developing quarterback there, too. Patrick Mahomes. Nick Sirianni is number two. That roster is loaded, and he's done a great job with J- with uh, Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is incredibly talented. He was the quarterback at Alabama, Oklahoma. Probably should have been a first-round draft pick in retrospect, right? Bill Belichick, number three. 20 years with Tom Brady will elevate your win percentage. Bill Belichick after Tom Brady? Can't get to the playoffs. Train wreck, right? Matt Lafleur fourth on this list, because the first three or four seasons were with Aaron Rodgers. Kevin O'Connell is fifth among current head coaches' win percentage with their current teams 17 and eight with Kirk Cousins, three and three without Kirk Cousins. At the bottom of the list, all right, who are the coaches that should be fired? They're terrible, they're awful, right? Well, Frank Reich did get fired in his first season with a rookie quarterback. Jonathan Gannon in Arizona has the second worst record with Josh Dobbs for the most part. And like five minutes of Kyler Murray, Matt Eberflus has Justin Fields, who are all kind of like I don't know. you can run, but the guy can't read defenses. Robert Sala is fourth worst. Zach Wilson is his, is his quarterback or worse, right? Ron Rivera, fifteen and one with Carolina one year when you have superpower Cam Newton. Right. Give him give him Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell, and he's got the fifth worst record. Arthur Smith, that guy's a buffoon. He has Desmond Ritter as a starting quarterback. So. Like, like let's we're piling on Kevin O'Connell with with backup quarterbacks here. When you give him Kirk Cousins, what could he do with better than Kirk Cousins? That's what I'm curious to see.
1: He's 17 and and eight with Kirk Cousins. And if you are you looking for a reason to call for O'Connell's head, it is going to be who ends up at quarterback here long term. That list you went through, his whole, again, I'll go back to, I've been saying this, and I'll continue to pound this drum. He was hired to find a quarterback. And I don't know if that's going to be Cousins again. I don't know if they're going to draft a a QB. But we'll, what, what ultimately will make him or sink him isn't necessarily what occurs on a given Sunday. It's what occurs probably on draft day. That That's going to be, like, Arthur Smith is in Atlanta to find a QB. And I would side with Buffoon. I don't like; he's very good. But what ultimately makes or breaks the these guys, and I mean the poster child, and he's not an offensive-minded guy, but the poster child is Belichick. He hit on the guy. He hit on the guy, and without him, he is he is an OK coach at best, mm-hmm. probably. But that's. And Shanahan, who's
0: another guy, we're like Shanahan. Okay, let's give him Nick Mullins for two seasons, and they're terrible. Right, uh, and then we give him Jimmy Garoppolo or better. And he's gonna he's gonna coach
1: that team to a but twelve or thirteen win season and go deep in the playoffs. Did you notice how much the bottom of the list that you read is defensive guys? Let's see
0: here. Let's go through. Yep, yeah. Frank Reich, offensive guy. Offensive guy. Yep. Jonathan Gannon, defensive guy. Right. Defensive Jonathan guy. Gannon. Right. Yep. Defensive. Uh, guy. Matt Eberflus, defensive guy. Robert Sala, defensive guy. Ron Rivera, defensive guy. Arthur Smith is an offensive guy.
1: Right, and that's right? what I'm so, saying. So yes. But that's why. So, like, what what is going to determine O'Connell's fate here? And it's going to and look, folks. It ain't going to play out in in January of uh, twenty four. But what's going to determine his fate is exactly that: can he fight? Because if he if he finds the right quarterback, guess what? If it works, then you're going to have a job for a long time, and your play calling is going to spike up and look pretty damn good. And if you don't. If 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 you if Kevin O'Connell, and I don't expect this, but if his career as, as Vikings coach somehow becomes cycling through Christian Ponders and uh, Kellen Mons and Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins, is, he's going to be fired. But I don't expect that. I, if he can identify a quarterback, which the previous regime struggled to do, then I think he'll be absolutely fine.
0: Another thing to consider here too is, so we went through the record. He's twenty, he's 20 and eleven. He's he's they're seven and seven despite playing six games with backup quarterbacks this year. So, he, which is actually, a, I think, I know it's looked weird, and that the last two games have left a bad taste in people's mouths. And I agree. I hated the back to back tush pushes. Put someone back there who actually has some oomph, not Brandon Powell. Like, there's a lot of things to nitpick. I'm not saying there aren't things to criticize, but this team has fumbled or thrown interceptions five times this season on the goal line the the goal line not like oh we're at the 40 and we're driving they had another one nick mullins threw another one this last week against cincinnati where if they if they just shut it down for a second or run the ball or throw the ball away or kick a field goal right but if you say okay uh five fumbles or interceptions on the goal line how does that impact your wins and losses I mean, I'm just sort of anecdotally going through, and I can tell you, at least three games, it directly swung, where you're taking seven points off the board for you, and then you're, like, Justin Jefferson reaching to the pylon, Philadelphia game, right? I think it was, and the ball goes out of bounds. Seven points off your board, they get the ball coming back on a touchback. Kirk Cousins, I think, threw an interception down there, maybe two of them at one point. So... If we can say that those fumbles on the goal line and the one, hell, the one on Saturday, like if they score a touchdown there, that game's over. The Bengals aren't coming back from that. The the Bengals shouldn't have come back, period, but that game's over. So if you don't fumble or intercept on the goal line five times, I think it's three extra wins. Might even be more. Three might be low. I think it's three extra wins. We're talking about a 10-4 and team, if not for historically crazy turnover rates. And I know your comeback's going to be, well, why is Nick Mullins being allowed to throw a pass in that situation? I don't know. He's a quarterback. But you can't. Like, but he, he, see, like, that, you're going like, to not call like, a pass
1: play inside the 20 ever? Yes, I, I take the field. Uh, yes, with Nick, I take the field goal. He's a kamikaze quarterback. <laughs> he, he's running kamikaze ball <laughs> missions. No, I'm not going to. Now, now, now I, I did the same <laughs> thing. And, yes, with Cousins there, I'm with you. There's a lot of fluky. And, and look the ball security being as bad as it's been is concerning just from a team standpoint. Like it's sort of, it's it's weird. One or two games is a fluke. As many games as they've, I mean, something, something needs to cha- change in training camp as far as ball security drills yeah, go. I would say but, better,
0: better players in some aspects. Like,
1: yeah, but I mean like the Jefferson thing, that's fluky. Like it's a bad turnover, but that's fluky. But some of the picks have been questionable. Anyway, long story short, the cousins thing, I think you can go through the drill that you just did. I think when you get to a game like Saturday, though, there is blame to go around in play calling and and like, let's give let's give the head coach a mulligan. OK, let's say that that first pick that he, he threw, which I have not seen this yet, but perhaps Jefferson ran the wrong damn route. I don't know. Um, but let's give him that and say, you know what? Things happen. Goal line. You tried. Then, then explain the second one to me when he allows him to pass again and he literally throws the ball into while, – well, while basically almost on his butt into a defender. That's the type of thing where it's like just Kevin, 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 Kevin. As as someone said t- to me, and it's a great term, he runs the YOLO offense. You only live once, so just keep going for it. And it's like, okay, when you have Nick Mullins, dude, at that point in time, Great, Joseph. Take Declan's guy. You know what? In that case, I'm Team Declan. Take Declan's guy and let him kick the field goal. Yeah. So I, I do think I, that there's blame, but I do not think. But just just to be very, very clear here, um, th- to say he should be fired for it, that'd be like kicking your kid out of the house for like his his or her first offense of something. They took the car, something like that. You're not going to kick him out of the house. You're just going to be mad. Yeah. It's. I mean, just
0: one last thing on like the Mullins. I generally agree with you. My my gut was screaming during those drives, God, your defense hasn't given up a touchdown in a month. Now, of course, that changed very quickly in the fourth quarter. But if you could just get a field goal here and a field goal there instead of those two interceptions, now it's 23. I think it would have been 23 to 7 if you add those two extra field goals on. Is that team really feeling like they can come back in that spot? But because the turnovers happen, now they feel great. Now there's momentum. Uh, yep. So. My my gut in the moment was, let's shut it down here. Okay, let's not get crazy. Field goals are probably going to win you this game. On the other side, Nick Mullins has started seventeen games in his NFL career. You can't not throw the ball. You can't just like refuse to throw the ball. So I'm a little torn on it. But but again, that's a criticism of okay. If you could have one, if it's a Mulligan, you could have back. Right. That's fine. We can debate that. And you're probably right. Like he probably would have leaned on the run game even more than they did. That should not be a direct path to, he should be fired. He's a clown. He's a moron. So just just wanted yeah. to pour some cold water on that for whatever percentage of fans feel that way. I, and I hope it's not more than about 3%. Stop. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Kevin O'Connell is a really good
1: NFL head coach, especially when you give him a quarterback. Did you say t- take a deep breath? Yes. Perhaps you should be t- uh, talking to Packers fans, Phil Mackey. Perhaps you should wow. be talking. Can can you play the OG? Can you play the OG? Leg- legendary segue by
0: Judd there. Uh, we will play this Packer line clip in just a moment. After you tell the audience how they can lose some weight here. with That's holidays. It's kind of tough. But why
1: don't you get a two-week head start before January when most people start to jump in and lose weight? Absolutely. If you do want to drop weight like Sports Dad there down 40 pounds a couple of years ago, actually. Livia Weight Control Centers is uh, where you need to go. It is who you need to contact because guess what? They're going to help you drop that weight and they're going to help you do it um, efficiently. And here's the best part. They're going to help you keep the weight off. 855-L-I-V-E-A, go Livia.com. We've had a ton of, folks join from the pd family we have heard phil dex and i all of your success stories they are fantastic so why don't you become the latest person if you if you are saying you know what 2024 is going to be the year that i'm going to drop weight well guess what now is the time take advantage go to the best weight loss center in the state of minnesota three consecutive years find out why go to livia live today and find out what the results can be for you to get all those clothes that might not fit now to fit in 2024.
0: Also uh, on the health train here, so AG1 is, uh, I discovered AG1 about six years ago, one of my favorite podcasts, shout out Tim Ferriss Show for introducing uh, his listeners, and now I get to sit here and tell you guys, Purple Daily listeners, AG1 is like nutritional insurance to start your day, one scoop mixed with a bottle of water, maybe in the morning, maybe it's a middle of the day thing for you to get rid of that brain fog, and just feel that jolt of energy. Uh, But you've got your full allotment of nutrients for the day, 75 high-quality ingredients. AG1 is foundational nutrition that supports your body's universal needs, like gut optimization, stress management, immune support. It's tough. You're on the go, especially this time of year. I mean, mean, how many different little gatherings? You're at work. There's always cookies all over the place. You just want to make sure you're getting the right nutrients. Not that you can't have a cookie once in a while, too. But if you want to take ownership of your health that starts with AG1, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash purple daily. That's drinkag1.com slash purple daily. Time now for Packer Ventline. I'll hit this one here, Declan. This might be the most epic meltdown in the history of Packer Ventline, of Cheesehead TV. Go, Pat, go! Four man rush. Baker over the middle.
2: Oh, Wide look, open. Look, hey, look. first down! F this defense! God, you get it behind the sticks every time, and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to be at first down again? Here you go. Soft ass every week! Hey. <laughs> I what's the f-ing point just let him score f-ing garbage every god week i'm so sick of it
3: guy i <laughs> love nagler <laughs> oh.
0: nagler dude oh. Nagler, calm down it's gonna be okay oh my
1: but what's great is he exploded in real time so, like, there was no time to think about it. He was already mad, right? And then he just exploded in real time. Corey Banks, go- Corey Banks, like, looking like. Should I call he the started cops? laughing.
0: He's like, oh, man. Should I call the paramedics for Aaron?
1: Here. Oh, my God. It's just so fantastic. I need to hear it again. Four
2: man rush. Baker over the middle. Uh, Wide uh, open. Hey, go
1: first down. Fuck this
2: defense. God, you get him behind the sticks every time, and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, would you like to be at first down again? Here you go. Soft ass every week. I... What's the point? Just let him score. Garbage. Every week. I'm so sick of it.
0: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs>
2: It's- oh.
0: <laughs> that is my drug. That oh. is my drug. Baker Mayfield just perfect passer rating, daggering that Packer's defense. Oh, my inject it straight into my
1: veins. Oh my God. and so they're they're <laughs> basically going through it feels like what we did last year, right? with Donatel. yeah with Donatel. like there's just it's like, what what are you even doing? but that is like that is such an epic meltdown.
0: Uh, the reactions were a little bit more subdued on ESPN Milwaukee, but they were still trying to figure out how to how to cope with this thing. Let's
2: go, let's go. In downtown Milwaukee, alongside Homer and Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher, here's Gabe Neitzel. Oh boy! Not much to say after that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy. He literally had to take like three deep breaths just to start the show. It's just like, oh man,
1: here we go. Oh man, <laughs> I love the reactions. They're just so like, what the hell is this? Who's barking right now? Stella, is it, is Stella? Stella, that's Stella, and Ryder. Oh, he's them. staying over. Her friend is staying over, and they've over. decided they've decided to begin a propaganda of of Fire <laughs> O'Connell. That, that's what that bark is. That bark is Fire O'Connell. Fire's I told him there is going to be nobody fired today, and these dogs are pissed. <laughs> go, Pat! Go!
2: Well, I am not, not expecting bad. it to well, happen. Um, and somebody just tweeted this at me. Uh, apparently, it's the first uh, visiting quarterback ever with a perfect rating at Lambeau Field. That, so that's just that if something happens that speaks poorly of the Packard events, the first thought is, I'll bet you'll bear who's the uh, coordinator then. Because let's th- add to the list. Is this worse than 363 yards rushing by the Eagles against the Packers? Which is worse, Gabe? I think 363 yards rushing still trumps it. Uh, yeah, 363 is yeah. That's just Joe Barry. Even when he's good, he's bad, and when he's bad, he's really bad. Yeah, it's and this. You know, for for Baker Mayfield to beat you fine, for Tampa Bay to beat you fine, for him to have a perfect quarterback. <laughs>
1: Oh man. Go oh, Go. Homer. Homer. Homer was was sedate compared to <laughs> Nagler set the bar so high that like <laughs> there's almost no meltdown now from the Packers side that can they can approach it.
2: Four man rush. Yeah. Baker over the middle. Oh, Wide uh, open. Hey, first down. F this defense. God, you get him behind the sticks every time, and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, would you like to be at first down again? Here you go. Soft ass every week.
3: I... Hey. <laughs> What's
2: the point? Just let him score. Garbage. Every goddamn week. I'm so sick of
0: it.
3: C- Corey just going
0: just curls up rolls under the table he's like like Quagmire in that family guy scene when they're <laughs> Judd you're muted by the way
1: he's- I know I'm trying to block out the dogs barking <laughs> oh my goodness it's so funny it was so funny was so- I
0: swear to god I've watched that clip oh. 20 times this morning <laughs> And it's hilarious every single time. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, you think he's done like three times, don't you? Oh, but he just kind of, you know, he's kind of doing the oh, and the Packers line up. Oh yeah. man, disappointing play. <laughs> <laughs> that must be what. That must be <laughs> what happens. Well, you know, I, if, if we had if we had done our show in real time in the fourth quarter of the, the Bengals game, not saying the f bombs and the gds, but I mean, there would have been some real time plays where you would have been like. What what is happening?
0: Yeah. Why? Why are they third doing and 21 this?
1: whatever that was? It's good to see them join <sighs> us in some pain though, you know? It's good <laughs> yeah, to see them dude. join us in some true ineptitude pain right right now and to know that your quarterback can't come back and fix it. No. I mean J- Jordan Love has been acceptable. Yeah. But
0: he's not he's not saving a a terrible defense like I, some of their other quarterbacks. I
1: think. didn't realize Baker had a perfect passer right rating i was a red zone guy which was fabulous on sunday but i didn't realize that baker was that good Dude, it was just <laughs> uh, yeah
0: four touch. wow yeah i had to emergency start him in a fantasy playoff game because like i had quarterback Oof. emergency situation i was like oh my god i'm literally starting baker mayfield right now yes this is great <laughs> 400 yards four touchdowns against joe barry
2: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Uh, all right, it's time Rock knows how you feel about pie. for Chef Judd to slice up a pie chart of blame from a devastating loss. Blown 17-3
1: lead. Yeah. Mullins trying to be a hero, failing. So mm. I did this immediately after we, we got done with Vent Line and our shows on Saturday. And so I woke up this morning and I thought, I'm going to take another look, you know, calm down. Two days after, not hot about it as much at least. And I'm going to take a look and, you know, might make some changes, might make some changes. Well, I took a look at it. I'm not going to make any changes because I think they're still all applicable, despite the fact that I'm not as mad. And yes, Mm -hmm. it still was a terrible loss. So anyway, um, what do we have here? We have five slices. So a relatively small Zolganian pie chart of blame. Five slices. All right. Let's start at the bottom. 5% small holiday helpings of pie. <laughs> go to cornerbacks Caleb Evans and Mikai Blackman. Hmm. Now there, there were people uh, complaining about Byron Murphy Jr. as well. And yes, he's I, I mean I know PFF hates him. Uh but I'd like to I'd like to pick on what was among the biggest plays all day. And that was the T. Higgins, catch and twirl like a ballerina to score a touchdown when he caught the ball along the sideline at about the, uh, what, one or two, and then scored. So Evans gave up that catch, and, and the Bengals did their fair share. I'm not sure what the PFF grades are, but the Bengals did their fair share of picking on a Caleb, and that was one. Okay, so it's not a great – I mean, you get beat, that's not great. But all right, Makai Blackman, save the day. How are you say? Because he's flying over towards the pylon, yeah. towards where the play is taking place, and he has a chance to at least make sure the whirl and twirl from T does not take place. But he also has a chance to knock the receiver out, out of bounds before he lands. Like, as a dual coverage, you've got a lot of opportunities to blow that play the hell up, which is what you needed. Instead, Mikai Blackman watched the play. Yeah. You just sort of watched it, just like, hey, man, I think he might pick off the ball. What's going to happen here? Oh, you know what? Let's. Makai Blackman was me, but I was on my couch.
0: Yeah, I, I would. And I think I would put more blame on Evans for losing the 50 50 ball. It was just a blind 50 50 desperation pass. And of course, we didn't even have the Jake Browning conversation yet, but like. It gives that guy fuel then to go back, even though anyone yep. could have thrown that fifty fifty ball and T Higgins catches it. Then he goes yep. back, slams his helmet down on the bench. Never should have cut me. F- Never should have cut me. That was
1: aggressive. It was, it was pretty funny, yeah. actually.
0: And then he does it at the podium too. He kind of tells the story yep. about how he felt like he got her, the way they did it
1: too. Just, well, I've been cut by a lot of teams. The way they cut me. Stuff. He's not he's not wrong. That regime that regime was like I mean, we've talked about this, right? Like to, to send him to the hotel and say you might be practice squad, which by the way would have made a ton of sense, and then to not call him basically, that's pretty bush league.
0: It is I, I, I will say on both sides, it's like Jake Brown, dude, just calm down for a second. You're you're not guaranteed tomorrow in your current spot in the NFL. So just be maybe just be a little more humble in that situation. That's fine. On the Viking side, how many times did they pass over younger quarterbacks with more talent, more upside, to keep Kirk's buddy Sean Mannion on the team. Yeah, It was, it was like yeah. three straight seasons of, and Mannion, as we all saw, anytime he got into a game, had zero chance to lead the offense down the field and put up points, but they liked, he was a good guy in the room for Kirk. He was non-threatening. Yep. So Jake Browning was sure. one
1: of those guys, right, that they passed yes. up on. And, and And Jake Browning at that time could not play, but that's why the practice squad exists. You know, the practice squad is there for that. So anyway, uh 5%, just small chunks. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Caleb Evans, Makai Blackman. All right, I hate to do this, but he gets praised a ton, and he has deserved it. He's gotten large pieces of pie. So he's going to get a, uh, a medium size, slightly smaller, helping. 12%. That's right, 12%. 12. Oh, 12. Oh, wow. We're going off the right. yep.
0: zeroes and fives. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want oh, to. You're want... going to make us do math now. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. So we're
1: at um, 22%, 22%, 12%, Brian Flores. Your defense melted down, oh, dude. Oh, I'm it, sorry. So a Caleb Evans and Blackman each got 5%. Yeah, each got 5%. So Oh, I was
0: unclear. I 10, thought you were. they were splitting no, the five.
1: five. Okay. 5% is to each. <sighs> wow. Okay. 5% helpings to each. Sorry. So, yes, each get 5%. And then 12%, Brian Flores. Um, Your defense gave up uh, 21 points in the fourth quarter. I don't think your defense had given up a point. I don't think your defense had given up a touchdown, I should say, dating back to the Makai Blackman being beat in the end zone against Denver Mm -hmm. to win that game for the Broncos. So you've been fabulous. You deserve all the credit that you get. But, Brian, when when, um, it become nut-cutting time in the Queen City on Saturday – your defense melted down, and it was it was disturbing to watch because, like, one touchdown, you're thinking, okay, you know what? Yes, they deserve that. You know, they've been great. Two touchdowns, you're like, oh, that's a little bit odd, but okay. But 21 points in a quarter against a, you know, I, I mean, this was backup quarterback against backup QB, and to your point, the cornerbacks got exposed a bit more than yeah. ordinary. So, yeah, 12%. So we're at 22 total, goes to Brian Flores. It was
0: kind of shocking, right? You, I, the game felt over to me at 17-3. It I did. don't know. I've watched a lot same. of Vikings games that don't feel over with a two-touchdown lead, but that game felt over at
3: 17-3. Uh, Seaford had a note this morning that Vikings points allowed in the past four games, quarters one through three, the Vikings are allowing just four and a half points in the first three quarters of the NFL. Uh, that is the best. Uh, that's the best rate in the NFL over the last four games. Only four and a half points per game in quarters one through three. In the fourth quarter and overtime, they're allowing ten and a half points per game. That is number thirty-first in the NFL. So yeah, not great. So that's
0: the- that's an interesting stat. So th- there must be some. What's well, I, my, my guess is without looking into the stats too much. So the Vikings run. They run uh, more eight-man drops or three-man pressures. However, you want to look yep. at it than any yep. team in the league, and they run more Blitz. more blitzes. They don't do a lot of just like four man pressure and drop. So it seems to me, especially in that game against Cincinnati, they sort of stopped doing what had gotten them to that point. Which is and same maybe as the that's Bears game. a
1: theme. The Bears too, or same, same as the Bears game.
0: They're they're so now you're worried after three quarters of flustering that quarterback. Now you're worried that if you if you send seven, they're going to burn you. Like I don't know, it hasn't happened in a month. So trust your I would I would say Brian Flores, trust your pressure.
1: Trust your fronts. So these backup quarterbacks
0: fluster them yeah. for
1: God's sakes. So I, I did go back and watch the um the Higgins touchdown catch and he did bring pressure and Browning threw up the pass and to your point the corner got beat there.
0: And the corner's in the right spot. You got the help coming over, like it yeah. was a well designed defensive
1: play. Yeah, there was I think that was more of uh, well. The corner got beat on a jump ball, but then also he didn't get any help. from I I mean, Blackman's got to keep going there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Yeah, that was not a good look at all. 12% to defensive coordinator Brian Flores. All right, let's get to the the final two. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. This is where it's at. This is how it's going to be. 30% Nick Mullins. 30% 30%. And we can look at his stats. Oh, look at the stats. Look at those stats. Stats, stats, stats. And I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right now, you know what? I'll go back to what I said about Kirk Cousins for years. I don't care about your stats. What did you do when it mattered? What did you do when the pressure was on? When the heat was on. And Nick Mullins, I mean, threw two of the worst picks. I've heard people trying to make excuses because Hendrickson was offside on the pick six that didn't count. But I still didn't love that play because he did throw a ball in which the route got completely jumped. And I don't remember. Am, am I wrong here? I don't remember seeing at least on TV anything that indicated to the offense that that was a free play.
0: Um, it would have been a no. He was offsides, it, so it should have been a. It would have been a free play. No, they... no.
1: I'm but but if Mullins had realized that, like, let's say he's like, oh, okay, free play, and just yeah. throws a stupid pass, he's like, I really don't care about that.
0: Yeah, it's tough on that because I, I, I think that. Most top quarterbacks identify that that's a free play, but then when you have like a screen action dialed up on the on the right, I think if it's an Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning, I do think they would find a way in that moment. Screw the screen action, and they Deep would shot. know. They would they would know that like some receiver yep. would know, but. It didn't. Yeah, there was no thought, obviously. And that offsides, I don't think that offsides affected what would have been a pick six. I mean, it had to get called back because it was offsides. It's cheating. But that was just a terrible. That was his maybe his worst pass. Oh, no, the one he threw down to the defensive tackle laying on the ground. Yeah, was that,
1: was, bad. that was... Also bad. <laughs>
0: And then he was like, he's like, but my arm was going forward. No. And I was like what were yeah, you that's trying why to it's prove? an interception. <laughs> well, <laughs> or I think if, thought, if if it, w- it would have been grounding either way, so you know. I,
1: I think he didn't see I think Mullins at first thought they were calling a fumble. Right. And and, and he's like, No, but my arm was. and then TV's like, Yeah, it was going forward. Was and going he threw it right into the breadbasket of the defender. Yeah. Okay, if let's say back to
0: that pick six for a second that <laughs> wasn't. If if that turns out to be, because he had already racked up the two turnovers previous, right? That would have been the third one, right? Yeah. I think, like, in succession. Yes. If that happens, I'm trying to remember what the score was. Does he get benched for Jaron Hall in that moment? And even if not, like, let's say, let's say he throws that pick six, and that's kind of how the game swings and ends. It was confirmed today by Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, former Vikings beat writer, that the Vikings will start Nick Mullins next week against the, the Lions. Yep. If that pick six gets home, does he still start against the Lions?
1: Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I did get a note, and we, we can check with Boone, but I did get a note that said "Um, that play was designed, and, and again, take this. I'm not, I'm not saying this, and I don't know if it's correct. Uh, I got a note that said that play was designed as a tunnel screen to Chandler, and Hendrickson blew up the chance for it because of the fact that he was offside. And so that's when... Mullins turned to his right but to go back to your your point Phil which I completely agree with free plays don't often become short passes they're Mm. almost always like let's take a shot so but yeah you bring up a a fair point because if he throws that for a for a pick six and accounts that is right there what six twelve well no it's 21 it's a 21 point like 21 point swing of what you've screwed up yeah. Potentially. So, yeah.
0: So we'll see. We'll and we can have a, a larger discussion tomorrow about like how long his leash is, but okay, let's get to the yep. final. I believe right, 48% in here. 48%, 48% goes Rock to a
1: Nose guy that had another bad day. Pie. He just had a bad day. You had a bad day. You didn't coach. Well, 48% <laughs> goes to Kevin O'Connell. He had a bad day. I, I agree with everything we've said, you know, I, I'm with you. Uh, both of you, I think we all agree. Kevin O'Connell's job is not in jeopardy, nor, should it yep. be, and quite frankly, no matter how much you like Flores, I'm not firing O'Connell to turn to a defensive guy who's been outstanding and I want to keep, but who has a questionable, had some questionable decisions and relationships with his players and, most importantly, his quarterback with the Dolphins. But, yeah, 48%. Uh, the Vikings have now surrendered leads in the final two minutes in each of their last three defeats, okay? That's a problem. That's a problem that extends to coaching. Um, the tush pushes were, well, the first one, like, let's, again, let's give, let's continue the theme of mulligans. Let's yep. give Kevin O'Connell a mulligan. 1st I'm push. good
0: with a sneak. I'm good with a sneak. Try a yep. sneak.
1: Yep. yep. But, but, you know, Brandon Powell uh, tried the push on the first one on third down. The Viking O'Connell's like, I thought we made it. The officials are like, no, you didn't. But, I mean, okay, so let's just mulliganize that one and say, yeah, okay, you tried. But then you dial it back up. Basically yeah. the same exact play. And and another impre- um, good breakdown I saw was this. So Kevin O'Connell said that they ran that play fairly quickly. So so, the, here's what I think transpired in putting the timeline together, okay? Third down is real close. It's really close. The Vikings thought that they had the first down. O'Connell starts to dial up a play on first down. The officials are like, oh, no, no. You know, we're going – to measure, blah blah blah. So Flores says, "Call." So what? What we saw, it turns out, was Flores saying, "Call a timeout mm-hmm. so that they can allow the measurement to occur." You know, let, let's not hurry th- through this. Let's make sure. And according to O'Connell, the officials came to, to him and said, "The guys upstairs have looked as well by now. It's not a first down." So that So I think the misrepresentation of the original thought. Flores was not saying "call timeout, dummy." He was saying, "Let's let this. Let's get. Let's stop so we can make sure that they get this right." The official said it's right, and so that's when O'Connell said, "I wanted to go quick again because I didn't want the Bengals to put their goal line package, i.e., a bunch of great fat guys, into the game." Okay, but but
0: but whatever package they had on the third down play was enough to
1: stop. And (laughs) Orlovsky did a breakdown of both plays. And they basically had they had two big guys in in the middle ready yeah. for that play. So O'Connell's logic really didn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and so man, there's uh, there's so much to unpack. But I think the, the 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 most if there is a fireable thing here for those of you that want KOC fired, it's not really the like the tush push stuff. Whatever. Like you, he could always point to, hey, quarterback sneaks work eighty five percent of the time. So why would we why would we not run that twice and see what happens? Well. But Nick Mullins is not a very athletic guy. Like, he's not getting the same push that Josh Allen is getting or that Jalen Hurts uh, is getting, right? And then you got the, the wrong pusher behind him. But I would say taking this long to discover that Ty Chandler should be your workhorse running back of all the options on the roster, it was a first guess by idiots like us and fans going back to training camp. It's like, why right. don't they, they, there must be something we're missing, right? Right. Nope. Ty Chandler was awesome in that game. He made up like half of their offense, right? So to me, that was like, in terms of the 48% to KOC, I would, I would say a large chunk of it is, congratulations, you finally discovered Ty Chandler. <laughs> nice job, guys.
1: Yeah, and I think my frustration in how the Dobbs thing played out at the end for him and then with Mullins on Saturday, I think my frustration is O'Connell is like most coaches seems to be super stubborn about what he wants to to do, and he doesn't seem to be situationally aware en- enough to uh, to realize the limitations yep it's like dude, it's Nick Mullins, he's basically you, and I know you think you were probably good, but the reality is you really weren't you're a good coach, and I think you're a good offensive mind, but you you know why are you making why are you basically saying that you think that Nick Mullins can do things? Cousins can do. That's what yeah, it gets does me. Feel, it does feel it's situational, a
0: little, a little stubborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do some silver linings here. uh Shout out to our friends at Quick Trip for powering Purple Daily on a daily basis here. Great place as you're road tripping. A lot of you probably have, just like us, we're going to be road tripping Wisconsin throughout the next couple of weeks at times. Looking forward to multiple Quick Trip, uh, Quick
1: Trip stops, and that allows you, of course, also to um, to have the peace of mind, Phil, as you and the gal drive around uh outstate here and, and then in into Wisconsin to have the peace of mind that you are driving uh with Quick Trip gasoline and they've got their quality gas guarantee that's cuz Quick Trip backs every a drop of gasoline with that very quality gasoline guarantee get to your destination without worrying about what's in your tank and of course that's absolutely essential this time of year when it's cold outside when there can be uh um sketchy traveling conditions Quality gasoline, incredibly important. It's just another way Quick Trip provides outstanding customer service. And that's the thing. You got a lot of choices, right? And there's a lot of convenience stores, and they really don't care. Quick Trip, they care. Fast, courteous, professional, all of that good stuff. So check them out and make sure you take advantage of that quality gas guarantee.
0: Uh, what's happened on an underdog here, Dex?
3: We got a great slip from Kenny. Kenny had an awesome slip he sent me from that Vikings Bengals game. wasn't able to see at the end of the of the Bengals hey. selection he made. But regardless, a five pick payout, nice little Christmas little uh, payout for him here as he's looking for his uh, Christmas gifts. Took the overs on Jefferson and Chandler and Addison and even Nick Mullins. So if you want to do that as well, you can go to Underdog Fantasy promo code score S K O R. They'll match your first deposit up to one hundred bucks. You can go to Underdog Fantasy on the on the App Store or on the Google Play Store. Download it. Promo code SCORE, SKOR, they'll match your 100 bucks and send us those slips. We love showing these slips on Purple Daily. Uh, go download and join the fun on the Underdog Fantasy app.
0: Silver linings. Let's go around the room here, Judd. Give, well, give Ty, us the silver lining.
1: Ty Chandler. Like, if he is not your starting back now, and I and I don't care if Ma- Madison is 110%, um, but, yeah, like, we finally got to see what I think, I think, in this case, the majority of Vikings fans have wanted. We got to see him get every opportunity to be the man, and, you know, he did not disappoint. Okay. He has problems blocking, perhaps. All right, Work around it, ladies and gents, Kevin O'Connell. CJ. Ham can help block. Um, but this is but you know what's funny? I think that there up until now, I think there was a lot of talk about, okay, is Madison that bad, or is the offensive line, which which by the way, was getting pretty damn good PFF grades in run blocking, or are they not pulling their weight? Saturday, the answer came. If the running back and the absolute silver lining, not just for 2023, but for next season, I think is we have now seen that Ty Chandler has the ability to be your number one running back.
3: For me, it would be having Justin Jefferson back on the field for all four quarters and just kind of opening up the offense. I mean, yes, Nick Mullins had some two at two, obviously specifically atrocious throws, but target Addison, uh, who had a big game, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Jefferson was targeted 10 times. Hawkinson had some big grabs. Having Jefferson's presence there, because obviously he's the best wide receiver in football, opens things up. And it's kind of a shame that we haven't really been able to see really this offense at full strength with either Jefferson having a hamstring injury. Obviously, Kirk goes down with the Achilles. Yesterday, he had, or on Saturday, he had Brian O'Neill out. And that is, you know, I don't like to get too far in the weeds of if, ands, and buts, especially in sports. Because uh, in football, these injuries are just going to happen. But man, when you have Jefferson on the field, your entire offense, all these weapons open things up. And I would say that's definitely a silver lining for me.
0: I think my silver lining is the current standings. <laughs> either way, <laughs> either way, this is, let's let's start on the positive side. OK, or if you're on the if you want the Vikings to go and like make the playoffs and stuff, right? So they didn't lose any ground in the standings. They're still the sixth seed. They didn't even fall out of their seed after losing that game. It's Incredible. Because it wasn't a conference loss, so it doesn't really like screw up your conference tiebreaker, which the Vikings have the best conference record of all those teams that are muddled together. Also, if, if they win out, which seems unlikely, but if they win out and they beat the Lions twice and the Packers once, they win the division if, if the Lions lose at Dallas, which is likely at this point. They play Dallas uh, Saturday the 30th. So you could still win the division despite losing to the Bengals. But then on the flip side, if they were to lose out, which is also a possibility because the Lions are a better team. So you could lose two to the Lions. You could easily lose a coin flip game to the Packers. There's still a chance the Vikings could have a top 10 draft pick if other things go right between where they are and teams like the Falcons right now are in that 10 spot and they're just a game behind the Vikings in the standings or a game ahead of them in the uh, reverse standings. So there's just all sorts of options here. I think the worst option would be going like one and two, missing the playoffs, but not drafting. Right. You'd be drafting like, uh, you know, 16th or 18th or something instead of 10th or 11th, but we'll see. That feels like the conclusion that makes sense in Vikings history, right? You the fight Vikings your ass off, things you eight, knew. nine, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, there it is. Those are uh, it's your pie chart, little little uh, defense of Kevin O'Connell in terms of those of you who want him to be canned, and one of the greatest Packer vent line clips. In fact, let's play that clip one more time to finish out the show, and then we'll see you guys tomorrow. Four man rush, Baker over the middle, oh, wide uh, open. Hey,
2: first good. down. This defense, God. You get him behind the sticks every f***ing time, and then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to be at first down again? Here you go. Soft-ass s*** every f***ing week. I... What's the point? Just let him score. garbage. Every god week. I'm so sick of it.